Episode 58 here, Bob. March 14th, 2018. Let's go right into it. Yeah, it's such a melodic intro. So, like, what are you going to hit us with? The equals. Yeah, play, the equals. We'll yeah, play yeah. it and then we'll talk. Here we go. Yeah. So, Bob, do you know the equals? No. All right, I'll play, I'm going to play one more song real quick. Well, yeah, but I look at a picture of them, and there's I, some guitars, but, like, that was that was kind of like offering advice to... Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, that's uh, offering unsolicited. advice to a, a woman with many boyfriends. She's, like, juggling. A little, juggling boyfriends in North London. A little unsolicited advice from the equals. Well, here's, here's a song you probably do know. This is the original version of a song that I bet you know the cover of. Um, we'll play it, and then we'll talk. Double bubble. Double bubble. Let's start it. Three songs podcast. Well, I'm running, police on my back. I've been hiding, police on my back. 
were shooting police on my back and the victim really won't come back. I've been running Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, running down the railway track. Could you help me? Police on my back, they will catch me if I dare drop back. Come and give me all the speed I had. I've been running Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What have I done? I'm still running down the railway track. Could you help me? Police on my back. They will catch me if I dare drop back. Come and give me all the speed I had. I've been running Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Running down the railway track. Yes, I'm a running. Police on my back. Yes, I'm a running. Police on my back. Yes, I'm a running. Police on my back. I'm still running down the railway track Could you help me? Police on my back They will catch me if I dare drop back I've been running Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday Running, police on my back Yes, I'm a running Police on my back Yes, I'm a running Police on my back Yes, I'm a running Police on my back What have I done? Tell me Please somebody Alright, so I bet well, you know that The guitars were in full effect there Yeah, they were So, And, and I know the days of the week Yes, you do <laughs> You do uh, and, and you know that song, right? Wednesday night, tomorrow's Thursday Yep, um now, I mean, like, if somebody famous covered that thing, then yeah. I'd be more familiar with their version type yeah. thing. Yeah, The Clash on Sandinista. I mean, yeah, that would have, oh, it's what I would have guessed, yeah. you know, but, like, and I, you know, I like, you know, I have no problems, like, you know, crying ignorance with music taste, like, That's as fine. a percussionist, like, you know, drummers are dumb. <laughs> and I'm not even a very good drummer, you know. <laughs> so does that mean you're even more dumb or you're less dumb? In terms of music, I'm actually pretty stupid. You know? <laughs> no, I know, but if I covers are dumb and you're time, not a good like, drummer. I tell people all the time, like, you know, if I can't go up, I could teach you all my parts in 45 minutes and you can play for an hour, you know. <laughs> you know. Well, so the Equals, let me tell you about the Equals. Equals were around in the 60s and 70s. They were, um, they were from, as you mentioned, they were a London band. North uh, London and also, like, um, I guess they... You know, at the time, it was rather unusual to have a mixed race band. Absolutely, absolutely. That was one of the things that was very, especially as a rock band. And you know, but they did reggae. They they did all kinds of genres. Well, it sounds like they had a hell of a lot of talent, so they could probably do all kinds of things. Like completely ahead of their time. Um, pre ska, like pre, you know, obviously the specials, like right, right. Know, 
Right. And um, they're, so they're best known probably these days for two things. That song. Okay. That the, song. You know, the original of a song that The Clash covered. And being the first band of Eddie Grant, who, of course, went on to later solo fame. With, that's uh, a big name I know. That's a big name I know. You know, we're going to rock down to Electric Avenue. That was... Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. That, yeah. that was Eddie Grant. Um, and so, yeah, he was the singer of the Equals. And, you know, they did a little bit of reggae, but uh, they were definitely much more of a rock band. And, you know, in the late 60s, early 70s, that was like... was, you know, I don't know if I would say punk, but that was, uh, you know, singing songs about the police on your back in the 60s and, you know, early 70s was, uh, I think, maybe a little ahead of its time. Well, definitely, you know, I'm sure they were heavily influential. I mean, like, but I mean, North London, you know, it's a bit of chaos, you know, a bit of chaos still today. For sure. For sure. Anyway, they're a band, they're absolutely worth checking out. Um Love yeah, that band. I definitely will. You know, uh, they have another like if I if I were gonna play three in a row by them, I would play. There's a it's song a very called, semi-professional DJ. I need to get me some of that. You, you know? do, you do. Um, they have a song called "Black Skin Blue Eyed Boys," which uh, is is an amazing protest song. It's <laughs> "Black Skin Blue Eyed Boys Ain't Gonna Fight No Goddamn Wars." It's a uh, it's a really good song. Uh, maybe I'll yeah. save it for another show. Or you, you know, I, I, I tweeted it out, it out one time, but uh, you, you, you'll dig it. They're a good. Thanks band. for the education. You got it, man. That's what we're here I'll for. Take it, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it to New York City. Okay. You're, when you're, I mean New you're York going, City, you're going classic, classic stuff here, man. Not really. No. Yeah. Just, you know, because like there's a band that's only around from '85 to '90. That's when I was in college, from 85 to 89. Yeah, but they were like, they were, you know how we talked about Squirrel Bait being the band that splintered off, and, you know, they weren't around for very long, but they were incredibly influential, and then they spawned other bands? This is like the New York noise punk version of that band, right? I guess. I mean, perhaps that might be overrating, you know. No. Who knows? Who Who knows? knows? But anyways... Who cares what they've done in succession? This was actually a time '89 when I was in I was in college in Charlottesville. My radio show was called The Dolphin Field, named after a Meat Puppets noise song on their you know first seven inch. And like, you know, we're I was a road tripper. Like I'd blow off school all the time and go see bands. Like I had the pleasure of going to New York City a bunch of times to see bands, and like. You know, this band to us was like our definition of New York City. Then they, we kind of found out that they were just like suburban kids like us, you know, like actually quite a bit wealthier. Like they didn't have to work too much and like, you know, their practice space, paying for that was no problem. Like <clears throat> anything I was associated with when I moved to New York in late 89, I just thought like, you know, those guys were like on the streets, but they were actually like, Pussy galore, they're privileged kids. You yeah. know. They were. And this would have been like, you know, Bob Bird had already been in Sonic Youth and um of course John Spencer, Neil Haggerty's from Northern Virginia, Julia Fritz went to Madeira school. And by the way, Julia Fritz is one of the funniest people I've ever known in rock. She's just like a tremendous comedian and a great person. She's been a public school teacher for years. Hmm. And like she's like you know, just she's a fantastic person of course free kit and everything but like 
beyond rock. She's just like such a hilarious person. And this one was this album was made when she was kind of quitting the show. You know, she was kind of, she'd had enough. Like, wasn't working out for her. Like, they brought Christina Martinez into the band. Like, who the hell knows what was going on? But as far as I know, the lineup on this album, like, you know, when I got this my early in my last year in college, you know, we we just thought this was like this kind of defined New York City, and this is um, sweet little hi-fi. It's harsh sounding off of their album. The Teddy intro, should we call it Dial M for Mofo? What do you want to call it? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Whatever you want. <laughs> this is a uh, sweet little hi-fi off of Dial M for Motherfucker. Is that kind of like poser rock? Uh, uh, what? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Sorry. No. Um. Yeah. Well. 
you know, it's at the time I didn't know what to make of Pussy Galore. Sort of thought it was a little bit like putting on putting on airs, you know, maybe like the cool kids cooler than me. Yeah, well, you know, John Spencer was kind of like New York City's rock and roll pretty boy for a long time. Well, and you know what? I met him once. Nicest guy in the world. He's a nice guy. Really nice guy. Super, super nice guy. Um, yeah. I've never had any problems with him. He's He was like, and I didn't know, you know, this was Of course, probably, John Spencer's Blues Explosion went on forever. Hell, they might exist. They might be playing tonight, for all we know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the Blues Explosion... Did I some, guarantee Neil Haggerty's playing his night because Royal Trucks are back together on that awesome record. Yeah. No. You yeah. know, for a hair button, like. And, and Howling Hack. Yeah, exactly. You know. And Burr, you know, was, was like a fixture. He's like, you know, it's kind of, a, you'd have to think of like him as like a New York City Hoboken veteran. For sure. And, you know, you know, they went on to so many different bands, and they're a band that I think... Boss Hog, you know, of course, Boss yeah, Hog. With Christina. Um, I would have seen them a bunch of times. They're a band that I think at the time I sort of dismissed, but... It was like kind of like New York City style, like from like um, the late 80s through the early 90s. Yeah, but I think they've aged well. In a way. Okay, well, good for them, you know. <laughs> well, you're the one I mean, that brought the song. I don't know. You're, what's your take? Well, I mean, they were kind of like, you know, an important part of my, like, um, thinking about New York City when I was in Charlottesville type thing, you know. Yeah. And, like, New York City I felt dream. like, you know, when we moved to New York City, all of us, and I mean, we, hell, we always lived in Jersey City or Hoboken, but we'd always venture into the city. And I, I mean, I'm not going to say the exercise control over the scene because, you know, Yola Tango is going on, you know, that the feelies had dropped off the map. Of course, Sonic Youth were the kingpins, you know. Sure, sure, sure. It was, you know, and like there was bands like Low Mito, like New York City, we found out really quickly, like didn't really have like a whole hell of a lot of character. They just depended on the constant stream of really incredible bands coming through there on a, on a fairly constant basis. There's no way you could keep up. Yeah. It's like you'd, you'd hardly ever see a band from New York City. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. like yeah. It, was, it was weird. And then, like, I, I would imagine it was hard to be a band in New York City unless you had a lot of money at the time. Well, these kids did. Yeah. You know, and like any band that, like, you know, Silver Jews would have started in Hoboken in 90. Right. And we, you know, we didn't have any money. My. Two bandmates, Stephen Malkmus and David Berman, were security guards at the Whitney Museum with Steve West. And mm-hmm. I was driving a bus, and like, you know, we were living in like shitty apartments. And like, one of the greatest things happened is we moved into Willow Avenue in Hoboken, and we were living below a, a really fun scene, actually. It was like, I'd say about 10 Puerto Ricans. Um, yeah, between ages of like three and sixty, living directly above us, we're in the basement, and they're on the first floor, and they had kind of like a, a rock and party going on every night up there. I mean, there was like, so they didn't care serious, if they made noise. Yeah, so we could we'd actually jam down there. So yeah. it's like, there's no way they can complain because we're <laughs> right. not going to complain. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, we're like, I'm a non-complainer. You know it's what like, I mean? Like, <laughs> I refuse to complain about noise. It's like a noise standoff right there. 
it's not even a noise standoff. Like, it was just like, they would just be like, oh, cool, our neighbors are cool. They make noise too late at night type thing, <laughs> you know. But, like, you know, you got, you got to the scene, and mostly you'd go out and see, like, when you had a chance to go out, which was quite often, actually. We'd, we'd go out, like, two, three, four nights a week, you know, kind of sticking together, you know, like, that was, like, a huge amount of camaraderie for Stephen, David, and myself, and, like, you know, that's kind of, like, early days of the Silver Jews, and, like, you know, David controlled the whole project, and Stephen complimented him well, we have this woman living with us named Joe Fantaza, a fantastic woman, and she's like, let's rock and roll, boys, and, like, you know, it was great. It was great, you know, but uh, the whole thing, like, I would see, like, the blues explosion, mostly because they'd come through the Midwest once I moved to Louisville in 93, you know, and it was like, you know, like, it's like this, I thought New York was this amazing scene, and, but, but perhaps it actually wasn't, you know, because, yeah. yeah. you know, Sonic Youth were always an international band. Sure. By the time I got there, right, you know, they weren't, you know, of course they were New York City based, but like, they were always a wildly international scene, like, right. and of I'm... course Bert like left the band, like Shelley took over, like, and he lives in, he still lives in Hoboken, you know, and I'm trying to, and think he was in a band called the Crucifix from, yeah. he's from the Wisconsin kid, and like, totally straight edge guy, relentlessly straight edge, and like. We were just like, Hank, like we moved up to tw- up to twelve twelve Washington, like we're a hundred feet from Maxwell's, and like I guess you know I I never really felt ex- accepted at any scene I ever lived in. Like to be honest with you, I've always felt like an outsider. Yeah, well, including you know, Richmond, scenes- Charlottesville, New York, Louisville. Scenes even are here, tough. That even way, here in Des Moines, I feel like an yeah. outsider. Like. Scenes are tough because scenes are, are, are I think, by definition, sort of cliquish. And, yeah, uh, and, I, I, and like, you know, like, you know, part of my upbringing and part of my sort of like early adulthood was kind of like resisting the clique, you yeah. know, like, yep. Part, maybe that comes from UVA, like, yep. I don't want to, this whole fraternity crap here that goes on here, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this. Be, <laughs> we, we used to call it stars GDIs, you know, goddamn independence. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like ghost stay stay original. A oh, ghost is very independent individual. <laughs> so, anyways, what do you got next? Enough uh, about me and my crap. Uh, I'm gonna play some uh, some German rock, some kraut rock, mid '70s classic, classic. But but I think somewhat lesser known kraut rock from a legend, an absolute legend of the of of German music, German rock and roll. Klaus Dinger, you know Klaus. Oh, I know the name. Yeah, quite so well. yeah, uh, this is a curveball. You didn't, you didn't, did you present this pre-show? Uh, I did, I did. Uh, I, okay, I, I, I mentioned it, and you said you weren't familiar. So, so Klaus was the drummer. Well, that's funny because like, I went to the store like about four hours ago, and I bought a twelve pack, and <laughs> and um, there's a really friendly blind woman that works over there, and she was. Looking at my twelve pack, and she said to me three or four times, "Are you off work?" And I, I couldn't understand what the fuck she was saying, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, "Yeah," and I was like, "What?" And then I explained to her, like, and I know she's blind; she's a good kid in the neighborhood, like. And uh, 
I was like, I'm deaf, you know. <laughs> and said, I five her out the door and stumbled back here. But anyway, Klaus Singer, who was so, the Klaus Singer? So, so, so Klaus was the drummer on the first Kraftwerk record, and mm. Klaus later, mm. Klaus later formed Noi. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. And, and so after we, after Noi split up, he formed a band called La Dusseldorf, and that's who I mentioned. Oh, La Dusseldorf. Yeah, La that's Dussel- who you mentioned. Us. That's who Klaus I said Stinger I was going to play. Noi. No, yeah, Klaus Dinger. Uh, so you're going to hit us with a weird ass. I'm going to I'm going to hit I'm going to hit. In 1975, this is the debut record from La Dusseldorf. This is the title track. The this is this is one of those rare the band, the song, and the album all have the same name. This is La Dusseldorf from La Dusseldorf off of La Dusseldorf. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> 1975. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, classic. Enjoy. You, I, I guarantee you'll like this one, Bob. Uh, oh yeah, I'm sure I will. Here Thanks. we go. Yeah. 
There you go, Bob. Hey, you know, the Dingermeister wanted to keep things weird. <laughs> After Noy, you know, he didn't want to do the craft work thing, did he? He didn't. No, I love, I just, I love that record. I love that song. I don't know what the hell he's singing about other than do Yeah, no, that's the thing. So I'm going to take us to Johannesburg. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you don't even have any comments. Yeah, a weird curveball. <laughs> oh no! I mean, I, I've got no comments on that. I'm going to take say. us to South Africa. Okay. Uh, Hugh Masakela, of course. You know, uh, I think he's the father of South African jazz. Yeah. Right. He just passed away too. Bless his heart. Yeah. And a woman who's still alive. I believe she would be like uh, nearing eighty. It's a famous uh, South African singer, Leda Mbulu. Okay. Okay. And this is from the late 60s. Ghost is involved in this. This is ghost kind of music, ghost right? Ghost music, yeah. Ghost likes to... This like, is ghost music. He, likes, he likes, you know, he likes, like, late 60s African music. This yeah. is kind of the kind of thing that grooves his action, right? <laughs> right, little ghosty? Yeah, Gro- on, man. Grooving the ghost. This is, this is, uh, Malalela. Hugh Masakela and Lena Le- Le- Mbulu. Bulu. Yeah. 
up the grill, Mike. That's a burner. What made you bring that one? Well, you know, I was in a record store in uh, St. Pete, Florida the other day. Okay. And I stumbled upon the Hugh Masekela section, right? Yeah. I bought a few seven inches in there. They were cheap. It's a place in Bene- it's a warehouse, so insane. I think I mentioned it before. Yeah, like you did. You had to pull it down off the racks and stuff. Yeah. Like, and I'm just like, you know, I only have like 30 minutes in there, you know. So like, I got to buy quick. So buy quick, buy smart. Yeah, I don't think I bought smart either. But who knows? Who knows what I did? But like, it's just like. I listened to it and I was like, "Whoa, I can get into this. I'm going to yeah. play this on the three songs pod." Yeah, no, that's cool. So you just it's found like, that one. You just stumbled like Klaus Stinger, that? right? Yeah, like Klaus Stinger. Like, it's all about the grooves. So we don't serious you know, grooves. People are singing about. We're not studying lyrics on these two songs, right? Yeah, Malalela and yeah. La Dusseldorf. They're 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 separate, but they're connected, right? So, somehow, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like you know. I've never never lived in either country. Connected in groove, yes. yeah. Seriously. But uh, anyways, where are you going to take us next? Well, something we understand. Something that we understand. Something that we understand. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go classic. Because my hips my hips have grooved out. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go classic. Classic. This is classic late '70s British punk rock. Oh yeah. You know, and and obviously, I think we both have a soft soft spot for. Classic late seventies British punk rock. We haven't played this band. Fortunately, so fortunately, yeah, so for sure. Yeah. Um, and you know, this is a band that I think they're legendary for good reason, and they've they've been around for a long time. And and for me, I really like one, maybe two albums, and that's about it. And this is a song from. One or of perhaps albums. that's because they only made one or two good albums. Well, it could be. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I was never a f- huge fan of The Damned as a band. I enjoyed them okay, I guess. But I really, really love their third album, Machine Gun Etiquette. Um, and, you know, I like the first album, you know, all the classic stuff, the early early punk rock, New Rose. That's, you know, it's it's good. I know it's, that it's, one. Yeah, it's I know like, that one. You know, post post Stooges punk rock, it, it it checks all the boxes. But like for me, there were others that that did that. Not, I mean, not to say that it didn't do it well, but like I gravitated toward other bands. But when I discovered probably in ninety eighty nine ninety, I discovered their third album, Machine Gun Etiquette, and I love 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 this, and I still love this record. Um, Cool. Yeah, I, I've never heard it. Yeah, they're, they're always a bit too pretty to, for me. Like yeah. I know the hits. So what are you gonna play for us? I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play Melody Lee. Third third song starts with a pretty little piano intro, and then it kicks it in. It's a short one. And if you want, if you liked it, I'll I'll even play. I can even play a second one. There's there are two two minute long songs. If you're if you're so. Inclined. Just double bubbles. Okay, let's do it. Melody Lee, and then maybe I'll do love song.
What do you think there, Bob? That's like that's like London Rock. I'm 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 gonna go straight in. Yeah, straight in. Go straight in. Here we London go. Rock. Love London song. Rock. London Rock. Ladies and gentlemen, how do? No. London Rock. That's right, Bob. Relentlessly fast. So yeah. relentless. So relentless. And, you know, I, I just mean, feel bad for the drummer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Nonstop. Like, yeah. Nonstop. And, you know, of course, they went kind of a different direction a little later. You know, they went a little more goth. They went a little more moody, but. I I just love like as is a straightforward punk rock really good songs, just like you said relentless, Machine Gun Etiquette, one of my Machine Gun Etiquette. Well, I think that I think that the two songs you played live up to the album's yeah. name. <laughs> Machine Gun Etiquette, fantastic, Man. fantastic. There is no record. such thing, by the way, kids. That's true. There That's is true. no such thing. I, I'll take us to a, a place. I'll take it to a band that you're very familiar with. Oh yeah. I got stories. Yeah. I got stories. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. and then maybe we'll continue it to the next show because, yeah. like, we're going to close the show out. Yeah, this is a good closing song. <clears throat> I love yeah, this. Yeah, it's a closing song, and we'll in the next show. I love this. In fact, song. we'll start. We'll start the next show with your choice by this band. Okay, it's a band. Perfect. Uh, I would, you know, I would say that um, one of the most important bands of like you know my growing up, like 
a band that I saw I had the pleasure to see many times. Oh yeah, amazing live record or live band. I should just look great. So so fun to watch. Amazing, so much better live. Not to say that their albums weren't good, but so much better live. And they were playing Charlottesville, DC, like all the time. And I got to play Meat Puppets, um, a song that was huge to me since the age of like 16, 17 years old, off their, I think their second full length album on the SSC Records, Up on the Sun, Mm -hmm. Swimming Ground, Swimming Ground. Tough winter, yeah. It's been a tough winter, right? Springtime's a coming. Looking we forward. Nord- we live in the northern half of the country. Looking forward to the swimming ground for sure. You're a Queens guy, right? Well, I don't know if I'd say that. That's where I live right now, but yeah, right. Yeah, I live in Des Moines. Like, and we're all trying to blow in the spring. Let's get the spring going here. <laughs> That's right. 
bring in the right? swimming ground. But these guys are from Phoenix, of course, yeah. as we know. Yeah. And they're looking for water. They're praying for rain. That's a praying for rain song, you know. Amazing band. Uh, <clears throat> I've got stories. Yeah, I, I like yeah, your we'll idea. Yeah, we'll talk about the next show. You started the next show. I like the idea of, heap of a song. Y- y- yeah, continuing this next show. Uh, all right, love you, mate. This was fun. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, We, we went all over the place. We're we trying did. to bring in spring. We did. Thanks. Three songs pod. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back soon. Thank you, everyone. Yeah.